So let's talk about just this accumulation of rental properties mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm sure people are watching that right now. Like, okay, I understand Zuber's story. That's great. This dude puts in work. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you do it? during your career? What did that look like? Yeah. So I think that, you know, a guy who's been doing it 22 years while working a full-time job, there's a couple of pivot points we should talk about. So first is the decision. I tried to do it where I lived. The numbers didn't work. Mm-hmm. I live in the Silicon Valley. Yep. So I had to find a place that did work. So that was a, an important thing. I found and chose Fresno, California, Central Valley. Yep. And have focused there for 20 years. I didn't go, Hey, here. And then I didn't chase hot markets. Right. I built teams and I just kept going. Second, I started with what I knew, residential single family homes. But you got to remember, I started in 2002. My first house, Norris Drive, was 107 grand, rents for 1100, 1% rule, right? Yeah. That I don't know any better. In many places anymore. Not, not today, right? <laughs> so I put 20% down, buy it, cash flows, all good. That was the first run up. And I did a cash out refi. I, I did it badly, right? I took out too much money because okay. that house went negative, right? Okay. Negative cash flow. But I bought more assets. So the first thing you will see in our entire journey for 15 years is no cash flow and no cash out refis, no 1031s didn't go back into more real estate. Our day jobs funded our life. We were purposely taking every piece of cash flow, putting in a pile, buying more assets. That's step one. Not a lot of people do that. How many people do you know make a little bit more money? Spend a little bit more money. Okay. So let me be clear. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just said your day job was funding your lifestyle. Correct. And then you have these real estate assets that were creating cash flow. Mm-hmm. And then you were taking that cash flow to buy more assets. Correct. But did you say you were refinancing and 1031ing or you weren't? Both. Uh, I did you all were. of that. Right. Okay. So you were doing all the different techniques, right? Yeah, so I was, it was, a, was getting capital out so I can keep buying. So for example, right, you mentioned this one of like, you did it wrong. Now okay. you had negative cash flow. Yep. Do you think you actually did it wrong though? Well, I would, again, as somebody who has a large portfolio, that's absolutely an okay thing to do. If you want to go, hey, I bought one. I got these two together. It's okay. Yeah. But again, we talk to new people. Right. And I don't want anyone who's got one or two or three units to go, you know, this one's negative cash flow. I'm going to do because stuff breaks. Yeah. Because when stuff you refinance, happens. you're taking cash out. So yep. you're getting a higher loan. Correct. And higher interest rate, cash interest out refis higher. Yep. Yeah. So odds are, unless rents have increased significantly since then. Correct. Yep. You know, you might be at break even or negative. Yeah. I don't like, ne- I think most people, especially W2 employees, should, I don't like the idea of, oh, just go negative cash flow appreciation. I'll take care of you. I've been through that. Okay. Right. I knew people that said that in 2005. Do you remember Katrina? Yeah. So Katrina comes through and wipes out New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? The government comes in and creates this special tax incentive for buying brand new homes in New Orleans, in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I knew some people in my network uh, who went on about four or five homes there. Because the idea was you can get some depreciation right off, right? Today, it's called cost segregation. Yep. This was a new thing. Go right off a bunch of taxes. And then, oh, by the way, they're going to appreciate because, you know, it's going to come back. World collapses. These properties get cut in half. They don't cash float. They never cash float. And, you know, these people had seven-figure, you know, net worth decided to let them go. Wow. Because they just gave up. Not because they had to, but yeah. because it was a strategic default. So, I don't want people in a position to go you know, give it back to the bank. So I don't like negative cash flow. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It just depends on, like you said, where you're at, right? Because from your point of view, okay, I have 180. So like I have this big diversified portfolio. Yeah. So yeah, if a couple are, because I mean, technically 
you're always going to have negative cash flow at certain points. Oh, no. I mean, you were to take my portfolio any tax year. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, and, and people got to understand this. If you're W-2 and you're like, oh, I'm going to live off cash flow. No, you're not. No, you're okay? not. That's number one. But number two, understand there's vacancy, there's expenses and everything else. So even if you did on paper, like, oh, dude, this property's going to make 500 bucks a month, it gets wiped out. Oh yeah. By one repair. I one would vacancy. say we didn't really see meaningful cash flow for five or six years. And would you say that that's because finally rents had started to increase and allowed for that to happen? Yeah, rents up and also rates went down a little bit. Yeah, that too. Right. So our 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 you know cash flow was real. Yeah. But it takes time. It's a it's a trickle. Then it's a slow stream and then just it gets, inflation. It just keeps getting bigger. It just keeps exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I want people to know. And this is why I am the anti cash flow guy when I just tell people who are like trying to figure out, like, how can I supplement my income, Ryan? I'm like, buying a rental ain't it. <laughs> you ain't you ain't supplementing your income with a rental. I was like, Robert Kiyosaki poisoned people's minds <laughs> into thinking that's a thing. It's yeah. not. It's just not. Anyone who owns rentals knows it's not, at least in that early stage. Oh, for five years. Like we're talking about. Yeah, for five years. So like, you know, I just want people to understand this. Like, let's just say you buy this $300,000 house, right? And uh, the 1% rule is like super hard to get. But let's just say it's, you know, it rents for 2,500 bucks. And uh, let's just say your all-in costs are 22, 2,300, right? So you're not going to make money. Nope. Even because- the 200 bucks is going to get eaten up oh, by other somewhere. stuff, right? Some, one stupid thing. Yep. So you're not going to make any cash flow. Mm-hmm. So people are like, well, when do you actually make cash flow? Well, you're going to make it five years from now. Like mm-hmm. you're saying when, okay, well, rents are now 3,500. Rents are whatever. And then also maybe we refinanced and we got the rate down and everything else. So now my payment is 2,000, mm-hmm. 1,900, and whatever. rents are 3,500. And my rents are 30. Now you actually do make it. Yeah. So I want people to know that, that you will not become financially free buying rentals, like being thinking like, oh yeah, dude, I got three rent or I got, I'm going to buy 20 rentals at 300 bucks a month mm-hmm. cash flow, And uh, you know, that's my seven. No, it's, six, it's a 10 yeah. year journey minimum. And I don't say any different. It's 10 yeah. years. Because one of the things that, you know, we haven't shared, talked about, I believe that inflation's a feature, not a bug. Mm. Right. A lot of people look at inflation and, and it's like, oh, this thing that just came up because of the pandemic and all that. Inflation has been around forever. Right. Right. It's it's just part of the system. Yeah. So if you know how to use inflation, you can get you can get wealthy, but it's slow. Yeah. It's supposed to be two to three percent a it's year. Supposed to be. Right. And then you get odd years where it's just yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then now I think they're back to. Yeah, I think the last report was 3.4, at least CPI headline. But yeah, we're going, we'll go sub three this year for sure. Yeah. But again, as somebody who's trying to get full-time employees to understand the power, right? Your day job is funding your life. Right. If you can stack four assets over eight years, your future will be bright. Mm. Right. I'm not the guy here that's saying you're going to go live off cash flow after two years. I'm not that guy. Yeah. It's a 10 year journey minimum. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. You can get certain times where it's great. Um, but it takes 10 years of stacking, stacking, yeah, keep stacking. Work, it, keep working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many things have you done in your life where you could do it once and then magic happens? None. It, it's all work. Just choose your heart. Yeah. Right. Do you want to work 40 hours for 40 years to live on 40%? That that sounds hard and sucks. Yeah. Why don't you sacrifice, scrimp a little bit, tuck away some dis, uh, disposable income, buy some assets, let the assets use inflation, get rich. 
It's a get rich for sure, not get rich quick. Right. 